1: get now to Brett McGonagall, Chairman and CEO at Capital Link, joining us from New York. So inflation a lot stickier than markets thought President Biden, saying the stock market doesn't reflect the state of the economy. But how much uglier can things get?
2: Yeah, look, I'm not. I, I, obviously, the market reacted really poorly today, and you know, Nasdaq down over 5%. Um, I, I, I'm not as fussed as the market is right now. I, I do think that we, uh, you know, we've seen the worst of things, and I don't think that this this is, you know, going to be an ongoing thing. Certainly, next month I think we get some respite, and I think we, we'll see some some clearer pastures in the in the future. Um, I, I'm I think the market overreacted today, to be honest.
1: What does it mean for the FOMC next week? Do we see the chance of a 100 basis point Fed hike?
2: Look, I think that the FOMC has, you know, kind of talked. You know they've been very hawkish they've been talking tough i think if they go the next you know mile on that which would be to go from 75 to 100 i think the market really panics to be honest i i think people are saying let's just get it over with i don't think that's the way the market's going to take it i think the market will be very weary of anything other than 75 on you know or higher um you, and I think that the market's prepared for that. They're not prepared for some curveball, which would be 100 basis points. And I think it would send the market spiraling lower.
1: Do we have the chance still that there is a Fed pivot on the cards when you're looking at this high inflation print?
2: Look, I, look I've said this to you for years, uh, you know, on TV and on radio. I think the biggest fear I've always had is the Fed gets ahead of itself yeah. and, you know, they start to play with an, an underlying economy that doesn't exist i don't think the underlying economy can 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 support these rate hikes um you know i I, i've made the 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 point many times over the past six months it's we're in uncharted water with the fed being so hawkish and raising so quickly and the pboc doing the exact opposite i mean how long do we exist in a time period where you know these two are at at opposite ends of the spectrum i do think the chinese economy is it should be a telltale where the U.S. economy is either today or heading. Um, and I, I just would wish that they would back off a little bit, to be honest.
1: yeah, and I you've don't said think in,
2: they pivot, though.
1: Okay. You've said in the notes you've given to us, your bet is that the PBOC easing for a reason that will soon be clear to the Fed. What is that reason? And when does that become more clear?
2: The reason is is that, you know, look, inflation right now is 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 supply-side um you know i I dare to use the word transitory i don't use it in probably the older definition of it it's a little more long dated um someone could argue that that's not transitory but i look i don't think these prices stay for for much for much longer i think we've seen the worst of it i think the supply side impact is not is obviously you know is obviously the opposite of demand impact so we don't have a demand uh, underlying demand economy that's pushing prices higher we have constraints due to COVID to supply To supply channels and what have you. And I think Mm. they've run their course. So I think what China is showing is China is actually responding to their economy, whereas Mm. the Fed is responding to headlines. And I think that that's where they're wrong.
1: If we're looking at President Xi's uh, trip abroad the first time in uh, a thousand days, we can see that as a sign that perhaps we might see a pivot away from dynamic zero. Are you expecting that after the party congress? And are you still a China bull?
2: Yeah, look, I'm a long-term china bull. I have been um, you know, I've I've hit the pause button recently on the equity market just because of the uncertainty of COVID and the crackdown on tech, which I think, you know, you need to see something substantial uh, and you need to see a large shift away from current strategies in order to feel comfortable in those spaces. But uh, I don't think lo- what worries me the most here is that the the PBOC has many levers that they have they're not using. If we thought that there was going to be some clean break after the party congress on the 16th, I think that you would be seeing different activity out of the market and out of PBOC, which leads me to believe it's going to be status quo after that, um, mm-hmm. which is a little bit disappointing because I think the market's looking for something emphatic. I think she could put some exclamation point on his third term. Um, however, you know, the big question comes back to is what sort of uh, you know what got him to the third to the third term uh and 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 you know have their big compromises and maybe that's why they're not you know ringing a loud bell uh mid october and we're just going to have to see things play out and go into the new year with covid policy at zero
1: where they are ringing a loud bell is in this uh, efforts to kind of stem the depreciation in the yuan. And we'd be probably looking at a 15th day of a stronger fix today. But this is all about the strength in the dollar and the weakness that we're seeing across the likes of the yuan, the yen as well. How much does that kind of complicate things or, or does it pose somewhat of an opportunity? I mean, particularly when you look at Japanese equities.
2: Yeah, look, I think the Japanese, let's stick with China just for a second. I mean, we, you know, we all remember the day when Maybe the the dollar yen crossed seven or maybe it didn't. You remember that long, you know, the long debate that went on when the line was drawn in the sand. (laughs) Uh, I think we're not at that point now. So I think that the currency is a little more free floating than at that point in time. So I I wouldn't necessarily be too concerned about the Chinese currency. You know, the yen is, um, you know, is a story of it's a five year story. I mean, This this is, um, in my opinion, I've always been weary of both the yen and the Japanese market, for the sole purpose, sole reason that they don't control their own destiny. Um, and it's a really hard situation to be attracted to a market or a currency um, that doesn't really control itself. And what I mean by that is it's, the you know, the global shift has happened, the headlines and inflection points and the catalysts are just not in Japan right now. So, I, you know, I did, you know, it's always gone that the dollar gets strong. When yen gets weak, the, the Nikkei rises. But I mm. just don't really know if that's a high conviction trade, um, you know, versus the backdrop of of China, U.S., where, you know, clearly they do control their own destiny and you can have a lot more empirical data that drives you with comfort behind that sort of a trade. So, you know, I, I, I do I do think the I don't think the yen reverses course. I do think it charges to 150. I don't necessarily think that's the end of the world, but I, I, it's not our focal point right now.
1: Let's talk about that tech space because, of course, they're going to be under pressure today on the on the expectation of more jumbo hikes. But when you look at the broader picture, I mean, you're saying semiconductors, the past, present, and future. And yesterday, a big rise in a lot of those players on strong demand for pre-orders for Apple. So, just tell us why you still like this space.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, the you know the whole China-U.S. controversy comes c- comes down to one mitigating factor. You know are we is is semiconductor chip technology software and machinery going to be shared across you know the spectrum or is it not going to be uh right now there's a very defensive nature out of the us there so obviously anything that looks like smic to me in china has you know infinite upside when they get it right it's not right as opposed to right now i don't think yields are where they want them to be uh i don't think that the current geometries where the rest of the world is but that gives you the upside So I I think also, I mean, why would you not want to own Intel? I don't know why people want to pay high multiples on growth software stocks when, you know, the story is about chips. So, you know, I think longer term, you're safe there. Are they going to, you know, are they going to run away tomorrow? No, but I think (laughs) the downside's limited.
1: Unfortunately, we're going to have to let you run away, but always a pleasure. Thank you, Brett. Brett McGonigal, Chairman and CEO at Capital Link, on the line from New York for us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.